Welcome to From My Perspective. This is Ocali Family Center's weekly podcast. Each week, you'll hear from people with disabilities, their families, friends, and others in their lives. You'll hear about everyday life, their passions, their interests, and opinions. You'll be inspired. You might laugh or cry. But most importantly, we hope you'll better understand what life is like from our perspective. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Patrick John Hughes and Patrick Henry Hughes, a father and a son from Louisville, Kentucky, who just wrapped up their keynote at OcaliCon. There was so much about your story and what you all shared that I loved, and I think Patrick John Hughes. How do you guys talk? Well, first, let me ask that. How do we? I'm, I'm Patrick the dad. Patrick for the your dad. interviewers. Okay, for and Patrick the son for your listeners. <laughs> yes. Right. So Patrick the dad, mm-hmm. you talked about you know initially when Patrick was born, having this period of time where you guys were really grappling with kind of what was going on. But then at some point, mm-hmm. eight or nine weeks, you said there was sort of this turning point. Right. And do you remember that time? Kind of what was it that? that helped turn that corner from... I don't know if there was a specific uh, incident mm-hmm. that, that, you know, kind of threw us from in the, the why us mm-hmm. mode. Why did this horrible, awful thing happen mm-hmm. to us? We play by all the rules, and then all of a sudden we're like, okay, we're going to... I don't know if it was a snap sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was more more a process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly the, the people ask all the time the hardest parts about raising Patrick. What was the hardest part about raising your son? And really, I think it was those first couple of months where you're just trying to get your arms around mm-hmm. going down all these roads and paths that you didn't imagine going down mm-hmm. and, and giving up so many other, or giving up's not really the right word, but thinking that all the dreams that you did have weren't possible, mm-hmm. right? Which, as we know, as you saw in our presentation, a lot of the dreams I had for my son came true mm-hmm. just in ways we can't imagine mm-hmm. when, when you're going through that. So I don't think there was a, a moment per se where we, we just both made the decision, my wife and I, that we're not going to uh, become withdrawn and collapse. And, you know, uh, it, was, it was more a process. Uh, I say eight or nine weeks because I know there were a couple of months of, you know, crying ourselves to sleep and saying, and saying why us. But we loved our son. This is our baby. And, uh, and we, my wife and I, I think, I think it was really great that we had each other. I don't know if I had made it, you know, if she wasn't so strong and maybe vice versa. Uh, but it was just kind of a, an evolving decision that, you know what, he's our son. Yeah. Things are different than we planned, but life goes on. And, you know, we've got to, as we had planned on doing before Patrick came in this world, the way he was, We've got to make Patrick the best Patrick he can be and give him opportunities to succeed and, and be whatever he's going to become. Uh, and so that's what we, you know, that's what we did. And, you know, here we are. Yeah, here you are. <laughs> Patrick, you described kind of school and not really realizing that you were even blind until preschool when somebody told you that. Uh, what was school, what's that school been like for you, school experience been like for you? Yeah, overall, I think uh, I had a really good good school experience. I had uh, great teachers throughout the years, and uh, I always had uh, an adult with me. I had a, a vision teacher who uh, basically, he, he knew Braille and knew how to get my work in Braille, and I had uh, an instructional assistant that um, was kind of like my eyes and legs and made sure I got where I needed to go when I needed to be there. And, you know, the, the children were, were great as well. I've always, to tell the truth, I was always more of an adult-oriented person because, you know, I had an adult with me pretty much all day. But, you know, I did, 
activities with, with the children as well. You know, they'd invite me to birthday parties or school dances or things like that. And how about now? Do you have a social life? Do you stuff with friends? Are you busy traveling? And <laughs> You know, we, we do a few speaking engagements, uh, probably one or two a month, I guess. And, uh, you know, I, I generally try to keep myself busy. You know, if I'm invited to events, then I'll do my best to try to, to make sure I'm there. How much time do you spend practicing or mm. or even just doing it for fun, for your own pleasure? Usually uh, I'll, I'll do maybe a couple hours of, of piano practice every morning and then uh, anywhere from 30 to 30 minutes to an hour of trumpet practice and then, you know, maybe on occasions go over there and, and either play for, for fun or even, you know, just to, to listen to, to music is yeah. always a pleasure. Amazon Echo has been the greatest thing for him, being able to, and he bought like a music package, so he can, he loves music and history of music and yeah. all sorts of things, so he can go to her, and well, is, is it Amazon Echo, did I get that right? Yeah, that's that's the product. Alexa, he can go right. to Alexa yes. and pull music from all over the place, and unlike yeah. in my day when I had to find the album and, right. you know, the, <laughs> the record player. Good, good stuff. Anyway. Yes. That's great. Uh, and you... Mentioned that you have two brothers who are also musical, mom's kind of musical. Do you guys ever perform together? Do things together? Mm. Any of you? No. The, the five of us, not really, okay. no. Sometimes uh, dad and I will do uh, duets, okay. either piano and violin, like for churches, you know, weddings, funerals, things like that. And sometimes I'll play piano and he plays trumpet for the same event. Uh, but the younger two boys, uh, they were fine musicians. But when they got to high school, their their band, their marching band, was a really involved high school marching band, and it made it impossible kind of to be in both band and play sports, and they chose sports. Yep. Uh, one one played football for four years, and the other one was a swimmer. So they kind of went that way. But they, yeah, they've got some musical talent. They just didn't they just didn't pursue it. I think they kind of, you know, we never made anything a contest. We never said, well, Patrick makes straight A's, or you know, why don't you make better grades, or Patrick can do this. That never happened at our house. We, Patrick, as I said in our, uh, in our remarks, he taught me that it wasn't about what I wanted my kids to do. It was what do they want to do. So the best thing for Patrick's younger brothers was that Patrick came first <laughs> and changed dad and, and my philosophy so that you know we, just, we, we presented just like we did Patrick. We presented all three of our sons with several different, with music and with sports and with whatever we could find and let them choose what, what do you like and what do you want to do. And then, of course, once they chose something, then Mrs. Shoes was the enforcer that you will stick with it. <laughs> there's no, there's no quitting. Uh, so, but yeah, so they did what they wanted to do, and and they they all they've all turned out well. They're all better than I was as a son, so I'm very That's blessed. What every parent wants. Right? Yeah, absolutely. As I've interviewed, I've interviewed both people with disabilities and families, and one of the common things that comes out, especially with parents, mm -hmm. is this idea of they just want to put their child into the world. Like they, they love this child and are amazed and impressed and proud and how to do that in a way, how to let the world know that. And so I think even some of what you have described is that similar, you loved Patrick. And so how, how do you get the world to right. know and see Patrick? Um, and so it, there were a lot of roadblocks and, and I mean, and that's just, and that's not, saying that people are bad it's just people don't know so you've got to you know we chose my wife and I said we're not going to 
we're not going to not give Patrick opportunities just because people are afraid, right? Just so we're going to push Patrick in front of them and change their thinking process, right? That yes, you you might be uncomfortable and you're afraid. You know, they're afraid they're going to say something that's offensive or whatever. Just not knowing, not out of not out of uh, not out of meanness, but just you know, nobody wants to say the wrong thing. So we pushed Patrick out, and yes, we got some odd questions and some stares, and, and we, we just learned to deal with all that. And, and sometimes if people stared too long, then we'd just roll Patrick right up in front of them and say, you know, meet Patrick. This yeah. is Patrick. This is our son, Patrick. You, yeah. you look like you might have a question. So, and, you know, it could be awkward. Uh, I'll never forget one story. We were at a, uh, somewhere where Patrick was performing as a very young person singing the national anthem at a softball tournament or something. And this little boy was just, he came up and got right in front of Patrick and just kept staring at him and, and I was there and I was watching it all unfold and, and I was prepared you know and uh, for whatever this little boy might ask me about my son who looked a little different and uh, and he bowled me over he said what's wrong with his hair and as of all the things he could have said he's like what and you know, there was nothing wrong with his hair but it was just like see so you you're afraid of what people are going to say and people are afraid of saying the wrong thing so nobody says anything but then it might just be something like that little kid who just wanted to know something about Patrick's hair that day. So you just you got to take a chance. You know, there was a chance to fail miserably in the marching band in front of 50,000 people on a Saturday afternoon, right? I mean, what a what a disaster that would be if I didn't make the move or made the wrong turn and, you know, and ran over a, a, a another player or stopped the whole formation. But, you know, you just you just do it anyway. You, you got to get out. You got to break out of your box, out of your safety zone, and and uh, and make things happen. Take a chance. And the worst thing that can happen is that you fail, and then you get up and you you forge ahead. So, Patrick, has your dad had any ideas that you thought that's uh, any ideas about ways to put you out into the world that you were like, you got to be kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe maybe a few here and there, but I mean, none none really. Yeah. And you guys spend a lot of time together, a lot more time than probably most fathers and sons. Uh-huh. Yeah, probably ever since I was little. You know, he was my, my first piano teacher. And I remember there were days when, when I was little that, you know, I wouldn't just want to play piano. I'd want to play piano with Dad. I feel like that's this is an example of the kind of thing a lot of times, you know, people think about disability and they think about loss. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed is how much it can actually bring to people's lives. Uh, and I think your guys' relationship, I mean, that strikes me when you talk. Yeah. Like, you you maybe wouldn't have had this. Right. I, I, I had, being a music major and somebody that was in music his whole life and always had the battle between I want to play sports, I don't want to go to music lessons, I want to go to the football game and, or the basketball game or the baseball game, whatever sport I was playing in school. And... Uh, but then, I, you know, I look back on it. When Patrick was born, you know, thank God my mom, you know, had the strength and the will to keep pushing me through all these music lessons. And she accommodated for sports as well. You know, we made the, you know, well, she made the sacrifice. She drove me all over the city, <laughs> getting me from point A to point B for all this stuff. But, uh, you know, when Patrick was born, I, I wanted to make Patrick an athlete, right? My firstborn son, I had that mentality. And uh, obviously that probably wasn't going to happen. Uh, but, you know, thank God we had the music thing, and what a gift, it, like you say. If he'd have become a, uh, an athlete, then he would have been out on the field doing whatever, and I'd be in the stands cheering. And, but with, the, with the, the way things worked out, 
what a great gift for a dad. Mm-hmm. So. And what's really cool, and you can, you can tell her this story, uh, about uh, our motivation, how we talked about that years later, how I was motivated by you. Right, and then, you know, Dad, when, he, when we were doing, you know, classes and marching band and things like that, he also had a, a second shift uh, job, uh, well, third shift, actually, I think is the correct, correct. term. But, uh, you know, I was thinking during those days where, you know, I didn't want to go to classes or marching band practice, you know, I just have to realize that, you know, Dad's doing all this on, what, three or four hours sleep a night, and, you know, I got a full night's sleep, so. It wasn't planned, it just kind of, yeah. you know, I fed off Patrick, I thought, you know, Sure, I'm tired, and you know I don't want to go to school. I want to sleep in today or whatever. And and uh, but you know I worked with guys that worked. They did the same work I did on the night shift at UPS, and then they went to a full time job during the day trying to make ends meet. So, you know, I'd always immediately adjust my thinking if I was feeling you know downtrodden or overworked. It's like, look how lucky I am. I get to go to take my son to school mm-hmm. and participate with him in the marching band. So that always you know, energize me. It's, uh, we, we've talked so many times, it's all about your perspective. You know, do you, do you want to be somebody that's beat up and downtrodden or, or do you want to find ways to motivate yourself and, and think of all that you're lucky to do? Because uh, what are there, 7 billion people in the world? And in the United States, we've probably got it better than, I don't know, six and a half billion of them as far as opportunity and hope. Uh, you know, and like for, for people with special needs children in America, imagine trying to do do what you do in a in another country where they don't have the Americans with Disabilities Act and they don't have you know all the lawyers and the people to make sure we're getting services and things we need for our children. So, you know, it's, there's always good to find. You know, sometimes it's a little harder than others, and there's days where it's harder to recognize than others, but it's always there if, if we choose to embrace it. Can I ask about some of your other musical favorites? You played Ray Charles. Right. So he's a favorite. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, to tell the truth, I really prefer uh, country music okay. above. Uh, and I especially, you know, I like, I like some of the modern artists, but I really like a lot of the uh, earlier artists. Uh, you know, I like uh, Johnny Cash, Conway Twitty, uh, Hank Williams Sr., Jim Reeves, people like that. But, uh, you know, I've, I've actually been very blessed to, uh, to meet several uh, country music uh, artists that I like and have even befriended artists like uh, Pam Tillis, the, the band Lone Star, uh, Chad Brock, a uh, lady named Lane Brody, just to name a few. Do you, um, you, you play piano and trumpet? Right. Do you prefer one over the other? You know, they're, they're both fun, yeah. but... I guess if I had to pick, it would be piano. Uh, yeah, it would be piano because, to me, the way I see it, um, piano you just have to worry about making sure your finger hits the right key at the right time. Mm-hmm. Whereas trumpet, you have a whole list of things to worry about. You know how to hold the instrument. You know the kind of you know how much air to put into it. What kind of sound you want to produce. Things like that. Do you have other hobbies outside? Not that music is a hobby. Obviously, it's much more than a hobby. But I guess another thing I'm really big into. I really like television game shows. Right. I hope to to host one one day. And you know, I've been a fan of game shows for uh, quite a few years, and you know, love those of today as well as 
you know, some of the classics from the 70s and 60s, even to the 50s. If you could bring one back and you were the host, which one would it be? I actually um, had a dream of bringing back um, the Hollywood Squares, but in a different format. I was going to call it uh, Nashville Squares and have country music stars in the squares. You know, I, I made an attempt, and it hasn't happened yet, and, uh, but, you know, never say never. No, the I think you guys are the epitome of never say never. If there's anything that um, you two set your mind to, I have a feeling that you could do it. We gave it, we gave it a try. Yeah. You know, we went outside the box and, and spent some money and, you know, tried to get the Nashville squares thing rolling, yeah. but it's very, it's very difficult to break into, sure. into that world. And, you know, I mean, most game show hosts didn't start out as game show hosts. Mm-hmm. They did something else first, and then eventually, mm-hmm. you know, it happens. So, mm-hmm. But who knows? We, yes. we, don't, we don't ever give up. We just, there's setbacks, and you keep trying, and you attack from another angle and see what happens. So another question. I usually ask the parents, but I'm kind of curious in this um, instance, Patrick, your, um, I usually ask what your proudest parenting moment is, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be curious to know what your proudest moment of your dad is. Us performing at uh, OcaliCon. Oh, which proudest moment? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good great. answer. Yeah, that's right. That's a good <laughs> answer for this. You have another one? <laughs> yes. Mm, I don't know. Um, mm, that's a good, good that's question. That's a good question. Yeah. He's never been asked what's yeah, his okay. proudest moment of his dad. So yeah. he'll, have to, yeah. he'll have to think on that and How get about, back to you. Okay. How about you? Proudest parenting uh, moment? Oh, you oh, thought of one? Well, uh, actually, it would be... Not not with dad, so to speak, but uh, with who? Uh, well, I think my proudest moment period for mm-hmm. me, especially looking back and being the country music fan that I am, was getting to uh, perform on the Grand Ole Opry, which I actually did uh, did twice. Once with uh, Pam Tillis, whom whom I mentioned, and then a second time with Lone Star, and then you know to be able to enjoy the the artists of of yesteryear so to speak that uh, I enjoy and you know knowing that they performed on the Grand Ole Opry stage too it just you know even today amazes me how about you proudest parenting moment uh there's obviously been so many through the years uh probably one of the earliest proudest moments was uh Patrick's first crusade for children performance it was a live performance it's actually they kind of did a play on it in our movie I Am Potential uh where they they showed me uh, they showed me backstage, you know, cheering him on, and, and uh, he did a great job, and I was a nervous wreck. But he got in front of the audience and played and sang. He had all these, the lyrics that he sang in this song that we wrote for the Crusade for Children, which is a, a local charitable uh, telethon. And, uh, and I, was, I was standing just behind stage with the lyrics in case he got stuck, but he just nailed them. And the audience went went crazy, jumping out of their seats. Of course, everybody in Louisville, it's kind of like the movie The Truman Story. Everybody watched Patrick grow up on TV in, in our hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. And But to be on, just be off stage and watch him nail that moment, I guess you were 10, 8? N- uh, 9. 9? I was close. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I'll never forget that feeling inside of me of of that moment, of mm-hmm. how, how proud I was and how great I felt, and the audience, you know, uh, rising to the to the occasion as well. It was just a, the culmination of so many great things. Yeah. And, and Patrick's gone on to do, to do so many. You know, going on the field with him the first time in the marching band was 
was obviously a very proud moment. Uh, how many parents get to do that, march with their son in a major college football game? I mean, it's ridiculous. So that was, that was another moment. A lot of these speaking engagements we do in front of thousands of people, you know, they're always, you know, I'm always so proud of him. He's never, he's never let me down, you know, in, a, in, in one of these type events. He's just a, a great entertainer. So I could go on and on. Yes. I didn't realize that you write your own music too. Uh, you know, I've sort of dabbled in it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guess I've written maybe about 20 or so songs, but mostly I do uh, covers. Okay. Well, you do it well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. It's really been a pleasure to hear from you guys. I mean, there were I, I looked around, I will admit myself, and as I was looking around the crowd, lots of just um, big emotions in the room today, really. Um, great to hear stories of hope. Good. Well, we, we enjoyed it. Yes, thanks so much. Same Thank trip you. Back. Thank yeah. you.